Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the inner work conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode.
Welcome to episode 31 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast I've created for leaders like you. This podcast is dedicated to making sure you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. Because let's be honest, leadership loneliness is a thing. I'm Nikki Cross, owner and CEO of Thrive Life and Business. And in today's episode, I want to share with you how having less time has made me more productive and happier. I know. <laughs> I'm on a mission to extend my reach with this podcast to get it into the ears of more leaders who it might help. So because of this, each month I pick out one review and contact that person to gift them with one of the resources that I've mentioned in an episode. So if you're tuning in, please feel free to go and leave a review over on iTunes or if you're not on iTunes, just tag me on social media. I will count that too. So without further ado, no long intro to this episode today. Let's dive straight in. So recently, I haven't made any secret about the fact that in life and in business, I have less time. My dad's dementia has ramped up, so he needs more care. Lockdown has eased, so this has meant more social engagements, more activities for my son, more life you know? And I've got to admit, it's the first actual time that I've thought about how I've set up a business in a pandemic. People used to ask me about this all the time and I was genuinely just a bit like, it's just normal. (laughs) And for me, I am extremely fortunate because my business hasn't been impacted in the way that many, many others have. Nothing's really changed in my business, but everything has changed outside of my business, including my clients' lives and their businesses, things are shifting for them too, which means, of course, there is therefore a ripple effect. So anyway, back on point, life and business is busier. There seems to be less time now. And because on reflection, there is less time now. If you haven't already listened to my previous episode, episode 30, it's around reflection. And I guide you through a reflection of the first half of 2021. And I have done that reflection myself and I realise, yeah, there is less time now. So in this episode, I want to share with you four ways that having less time has made me more productive and more connected to purpose and happier, you know, (laughs) which is bizarre. I want to give you some context before I dive in and give you my tips or reflections. Let me first tell you this. I have always rushed. I have always been someone who's rushed through life onto the next thing, onto the next thing. And over the past few years, I can literally see that I'm attracting in clients and friends and experiences that are holding a big fuck off mirror up to me and asking me to slow down and enjoy the journey. And if I could go back and speak to 20 year old me, I would tell her there is no rush it's okay to have fun and it's okay to enjoy it and there is no next place that you're meant to be or you're meant to be thinking about right now. You are exactly where you're meant to be right now and I would tell her that you are more than a commodity. You're more than just, you're you're here for more than just being of service. You are supposed to enjoy it. You don't have to be on, in inverted commas, all the time. And looking back, 20-year-old me would have rolled their eyes and batted that advice right away and give an answer like, but I can't slow down or I won't achieve what I want to achieve. I was after the next job title, the promotion, the company car, the accolades, the nod of approval. 
And you know what? Today's me still wants some of those material things, but today's me has less time to throw away. Today's me has lost some of the things <laughs> that 20-year-old me took for granted. And today's me knows the true value in living, in experiencing it all, not just being an onlooker to it all. Because that's exactly how I felt. When I look back, I feel like, I felt like I was on the outside of my life looking in, never really enjoying the moment. The big mistake that I was making was in my striving. I wasn't really sure why I was striving. I'm all for big goals, definitely, materialistic or not. Right now, I am all for that. I'm here for abundance in every form. But I am also here to represent that abundance comes from being connected to being intentional. Otherwise, you find yourself chasing these things and usually succeeding in getting them, but still feeling empty. And there is a theory called Parkinson's law, which is the adage that work expands to fill the time allotted or or the work adjusts to the time that is available for the work, for its completion. And that is exactly what I want to talk to you about today. There has been less time for me. And when I've journaled on this, I can see the journey that I've been on with my relationship with time has gone from me being in this real victim mentality of, oh God, there's just so much to do and less time to do it and poor me and boohoo to actually being really intentional with it. And that's the thing with self-reflection that I want to point out. Please, please allow yourself, allow it to be messy. Allow your thoughts to be ones that you look back on and almost feel shame or cringe over reading back. Allow them to come out because if you keep them trapped in, they will pour out of you in your actions. They certainly did with me. When I felt like a victim to time, when I felt like, oh, boo-hoo, poor me, things have changed, now I've got less time, it was coming out of me through my actions. Anyway, I am here today to talk to you from a place of finally accepting that, yes, there is significantly less time, more to do, and I want to share with you how I get everything I need to done and enjoy it. I wouldn't say that this episode is about my routine or finding balance because I truly, truly believe that both of those things look as unique to each individual as each individual is unique. But I do know that these five points will help you too if you're currently working with less time. So my first observation and tip is number one, actually know where your time is currently being invested. Okay, so I know this is basic shit, but it's one of those, you might know it, but are you actually doing it kind of points. I know you know that you should know where you're spending your time, but the likelihood is if you're here and you're listening to this, you've already done some work around productivity and your relationship with time. So did I. But before having less of it, I've got to admit I was filling it up, that Parkinson's law thing. And I know you'll be doing this too. I was having a chat with a stranger yesterday. It was an evening and we were both waiting for our respective children to come out of the activity that that they were in and we were both in the waiting room. And I was preparing this episode and she was frantically tapping on her phone. Her forehead was really crinkled. She was frowning a lot. And in the natural break, when we started to, to chat, 
she was telling me things like, oh, you know, I'm so glad to have this time. It's actually my day off. I only work two days a week and I only work term time. But if I don't use any spare minute I have to answer all of these emails, they'll just keep coming in and they'll just keep building up. So basically, I just have to do a full-time job in two days. It's really hard, you know? And this lady was a stranger. And I try to have really strict boundaries around strangers and friends in terms of holding myself back from asking them coaching questions because my natural go-to I I have always been a coach I have always been a coach I've spent 15 years in learning and development my natural tendency is to help people to develop but I always appreciate that an interaction isn't always an invitation for that right so it's not my role in that moment and so I didn't. But her comments did land with me at a very poignant time. I was preparing this episode. And I've got to admit, in my head, I had so many questions that I wanted to ask her. Did she know that she didn't actually have to answer those emails? Did she know that the language she was using was secretly fucking her over? Did she really believe that she had to do it? Would she ever look back and regret that belief? <laughs> How... Was that belief making her feel? Was it making her feel empowered and powerful or abundant or resentful and depleted and like a victim? I know which one from speaking to her I think she felt like. And the thought that got me the most was, does she realise that she herself is upholding a standard? By replying to all of these emails that are flowing in, she with her actions and with her behaviour is telling all of those people you can mail me when I'm not in work and yes, I will respond. You can expect a response from me even if you get my out of office email. You can expect that I will pick this up. Your actions speak so much louder than your words or in this case, your irrelevant out of office email. (laughs) So if I apply my first tip to this lady, if I was coaching her, the thing I would start by doing is exactly that. I wouldn't change a thing. Start by not changing anything about what you're doing right now, just track it. Just be aware of it. If you've listened to my episodes for a while, you'll have heard me talk about something called power planning that we do inside of Thrive Together, which is my membership. This method was born from my own struggle. It was born from not having the right strategies in place and it was evolved from developing effective strategies to have a healthier relationship with time, building in ways to both progress towards your goals and enjoy life, to rest and to find joy, even when things aren't going your way. So in power planning, what I notice is when people first start to use the method, I notice that there's a part of them that's like, oh no, this does not feel good. (laughs) Because initially, what it will do is it will flag up all of the ways that you are wasting your time on shit, things that aren't meaningful. You You are literally filling your time. And it might not be filling your time by actually scrolling and those unintentional activities that you're doing, but it might be filling your time by wasting your energy on worries and fears and catastrophizing over things that will never happen, okay? So a lot of the time, this comes from inherent beliefs or inherent behaviors. So for example, if someone's always been praised for getting shit done in a small space of time, this will bring, they'll bring that into their adult life and they'll end up run ragged and 
and used to feeling a sense of frenetic energy and they will bring that into their business. So when they start to feel calm and composed and see that they can still get shit done, but also feel happy while they're doing it, this initially is a very uncomfortable feeling. So yeah, number one, track the way you are currently investing your time. I've used those words on purpose, invest in your time, because you are always investing your time. What are you currently investing it in? And what results is that giving you? Let yourself reflect on that first. Number two is connect to your goals. It is so, so much easier to say yes to things that aren't meaningful to you, to jump when they tell you to, to squander your time or to people please even when you haven't got a strong connection to your goals. This is why I am such an advocate of goal setting. Call it what you want, intention setting, goal setting. Danielle Laporte in her most beautiful and epic book, The Desire Map, coins it completely different again, but it doesn't matter what the term is. What matters is that you are pulled towards the thing or things that you have defined that you want for yourself in life and business. What I have learned is that most people, myself included here, I'm holding my hands up right now, like literally holding my hands up. (laughs) Most people at some point in their lives have realized that most of their actions in life and in business are being driven from a place of fear, lack, scarcity, what they don't want. And I remember this place so well. I remember how much energy I used to pour into working away from what I didn't want. And And I remember what it then felt like to plan and use my time not to work away from what I didn't want, but towards what I did want. And oh my God, this shift, it's major. You all know the concept of you bring about what you focus on. Well, guess what? When you're focusing on what you don't want, guess what will happen? You will spend all of your time and all of your energy ruminating over how to get as far away as you possibly can from exactly that. And that is the shit that will lead to burnout. Instead, allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to create vision in life and in business. Allow yourself to set goals and feel the feelings of what it might be like to already be in that place and connect to that. And therefore, allow yourself to plan and use your time with intention after connecting with those goals each month, week, day. Come from that place. Come from the place of working towards, not away from. Instead of coming from a place of getting away from your current reality, or even coming from a place of floating through, focus on what you do want to bring. And this leads me to my third point. Having less time forces the no. Having less time forces the no. Very much connected to my last point, but it deserves to stand alone. Boundaries are not about saying no to everything. They are more about saying yes to the right thing. Mark Manson in his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, would say it more like, um, it's not about giving no fucks, it's about giving your fucks to the things that matter. I don't know if that's the actual quote, um, but one of the things, one of the quotes that I do know is an actual quote is, because when we give too many fucks, when we choose to give a fuck about everything, 
then we feel as though we are perpetually entitled to feel comfortable and happy at all times. That's when life fucks us. I love this quote. I love it because it's got so much swearing in. (laughs) But I also love the concept. I deeply, deeply resonate with that. Saying no can be uncomfortable. Saying no can be a, a real turning point, not just for you, but for relationships where they have been used to your yes for years. Take the lady that I introduced you to in point one, the lady from the waiting room on two days a week. Imagine me coaching her through starting to say no. Imagine her discomfort. Imagine the resistance that she would feel. She would not only need to say no with her words, but she would also need to say no with her actions or with her inactions. Because that's the amazing thing about having less time is you need to start prioritizing. And when you start to prioritize, it brings with it the opportunity to say no to things that you should have probably said no to a long time ago. Which leads me really nicely into point four. Having less time helps you to realise what you thought was important might not be so important. Having less time helps you realise what you thought was important might not be. This is a really quick point because of the context that I've given in my previous point, so I'll get straight into it. I recently read Greg McEwan's book, Effortless. I've read some parts twice, and the section that I loved the most was chapter eight, Simplify. He explains that most of us overcomplicate things that could actually be more effective or just as effective if we completely removed steps. He goes on to explain that most of us are so focused on going the extra mile that we don't even get round to completing the first mile. And God, this rang so true for me. I have got to admit that there have been times in my business and in life, but especially in my business, where I have added steps because I have thought my clients might like it that way or just to make it a little bit better to tweak it. But the value of the steps that I added did not outweigh the time that it took to fulfill them. So when you realize this and you start stripping stripping things back, guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing happens. Nobody was sad. Nobody was upset and nobody was happy. Nothing happened. You know, <laughs> I might have noticed that things might have not not have looked as aesthetically pleasing, for example, but this is excellent. It's excellent that nothing happens. If you can achieve the same outcome or better with fewer steps, then you absolutely should. And I understand that a lot of you might feel resistance to this concept because you've been brought up on the same brain food as me, which is that you should work hard. You should work really hard. And if you're not re- working really hard, are you, re- do you, you know, do you really deserve it? But my point is, you can still work as many hours as you want to, the same amount of hours if you want to. You will just have more time to make an even greater impact It's a little bit like if your birthday was on the 10th of January and every year I knew I was going to spend 70 quid on you, but this year I bought you a gift out of the Christmas sales that was 70 quid and now it's 35. I can still spend 70 quid on you. It just means that you're going to get more from me. It's a little bit like that. (laughs) Maybe that was a shit analogy. I don't know, but it's a little bit like that. 
You don't need to go the extra mile in everything that you do. Sometimes you can be just as effective or maybe even more effective if you completely remove steps, if you simplify, okay? And my last point, point five, is having less time has helped me to find more joy. I know that it seems counterintuitive. And like I said earlier, when I was a victim, like poo-hoo, poor me, I've got less time. I didn't, I definitely didn't have more time for joy then because I might have had less time, but I was investing so much more time in that victim mentality. I was taking up my own time with 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 my own mental energy of moping about how little time I had. And I know, like when I'm saying this now, I'm like, this is batshit crazy, but it's true. And I'm I'm cringing, but I'm sharing this with you because although it makes me cringe, I know that for some of you, this will be the case too. You'll be listening to me thinking, yeah, I do that. I do that. Having less time has focused me on ramping up my self-care you know, it's forced me to schedule in gym classes or calls with my friends or things that I really want to do because if I don't do that, they just won't happen. But they weren't happening anyway. <laughs> they weren't happening anyway when I had more time. So having less time available to me has really helped me to realise that time is just another resource that's available to us. We all have it. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you, like me, are in a position of privilege. You know, not everyone in this world gets to choose what they do with their time. There are many, many people who their circumstances or their situation dictates to them how they spend their time. And this realisation for me brought with it both a big slap around the chops and also a really empowering feeling. It gave me both a feeling of overwhelming responsibility and a feeling of freedom. Because that's the thing, isn't it? You are free to choose how you spend your time. How you spend your time is a choice for you because you're listening to this podcast episode right now, which tells me that you get to choose. And although choosing joy over meeting that deadline could carry with it some negative ramifications, that is not a flag for you not to do it. That is a challenge for you to work on, okay? So there you have it. My five tips from my five lessons about what having less time has taught me. And in summary, I do want to add this one thing. I wish I'd have had less time sooner. I wish I hadn't have been forced into making these considerations through a significant and quite sad change in life. But instead, you know, I I wish I'd have done this more intentionally I've owned my business for a year now and I do genuinely wish this process hadn't have taken a sad change in circumstances for me to do this. And I recognise that I could have done this at any point. So I invite you today to assess if you could be giving less time to the things that don't matter and more time to the things that do. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. It very much ties in to our themes inside Drive Together. So June's theme is intentional rest, which is encouraging our members to be more intentional with their time. And July is going to be all about goal setting and heading into the second part of 2021 with clear intentions and strategies and systems to support your progress. 
But as always, I share with you over here on the Inner Work Conversation things that we're learning as we go along. So if you like this episode, please feel free to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming ones too. And before you do go, if the content today made you go, yes, this is exactly the kind of growth and support that I want, why don't you consider joining us inside Thrive Together too? I am fully booked for my one-to-one coaching in September, but the doors to Thrive Together are absolutely open. The link will be in the show notes. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and tuning in today, and I will see you in the next episode.